All right, everyone. Welcome back to Masari's Unqualified Opinions. We got a good one with Jason Goldberg, the founder and CEO of Open Simple Token. Uh, OST is working on a protocol that allows brands to spin up their own digital currencies and loyalty tokens uh, and is creating an interoperable platform so that people can actually trade those for real economic value. You don't want to keep your Starbucks credits, you don't want to keep your airline miles, but you want to be able to trade them long term. This protocol might be the answer to some of those problems. They're still pretty early on, but it's a good one-on-one overview of OST from Jason, and they've got a lot in store for the next couple of quarters, actually shipping code and building a business that has real users, uh, another novel concept in the crypto ecosystem. So we're, we're going to get into that in just a minute, but before we do, a quick word on our sponsors, Token Tax and Token Soft. Masari's Unqualified Opinions is brought to you by our sponsors at Token Tax and Token Soft. Taxes suck. We all know it. And crypto taxes are even worse. I know because I spent days last year trying unsuccessfully to piece together the mess that was my crypto tax return. And I needed a platform that could pull from a variety of exchanges, wallets, and other crypto sources I used to help identify cost basis and actual gains and losses for the year. Token Tax saved me. Not only do they have an intuitive platform, they also have excellent customer support from real CPAs. No one loves paying taxes, but with the tax deadline just one month away in the U.S., you can go to tokentax.co right now to get started and save time and money on your taxes. Issuing a digital security on the blockchain is a lot of work, particularly on the compliance side of things, at least if you want to do it right. Tokensoft works with top legal and financial experts to make sure your digital assets are secure and compliant. The company leads the market in providing tools to support tax, banking, and securities regulations for digital asset issuers. To learn more about how Tokensoft and their new Knox wallet could help you with issuance, management, and custody of digital assets or securities, you can visit Tokensoft.io or follow them on Twitter at Tokensoft Inc. Welcome back to Masari's Unqualified Opinions. We got a double session today. Uh, next guest is Jason Goldberg, the founder and CEO of uh, OST and Simple Token. We're going to talk uh, a bit about the protocol and uh, and help people understand uh, what, what I think is a, a pretty uh, interesting project uh, in the token ecosystem that might be flying a little bit under the radar. Jason's going to tell us about uh, what uh, what these guys have up their sleeve for 2019. But uh, first, I uh, want to thank our sponsors again, Token Soft and Token Tax. Uh, you got about a week left to do your taxes, uh, and you have infinity left to come into compliance on your token sale offering. So check out Token Soft on the compliance side and Token Tax if you're looking to pay Uncle Sam in the next week here. All right, Jason, so uh, appreciate you joining us. Um, really, uh, really excited to, to help people understand a little bit more about the project, the token, the, the, the underlying ethos, and, and what you're hoping to accomplish. But why don't we start by uh, getting a little bit more color on the origin story and, and, and how you got to this point with, with OST and Simple Token. Sure. Well, Brian, thanks so much for having me, and thanks to the team of Missouri Capital. Um, we're huge fans. Uh, you guys are doing great stuff, and it's great to, you know, the refreshing voice and analysis you guys are bringing in has been you know, really great to see uh, for the industry, and thanks for pushing everyone forward. Um, look, you know, my background is, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for about 20 years now, uh, and 
if there's veterans in this space, you know, I, I think I might be one of them. We've been working on this project for about three years. Uh, so we started in 2016. Uh, our team is today about 65 persons. Uh, we have offices in Berlin, where I'm at today, uh, where it's actually pretty nice out, uh, and uh, Pune, India, uh, where I've worked with the, one of the best development teams in the world for 11 years now. Um, so Sunil Kadar, my co-founder, and I, we started working together in 2007. Um, we worked on a company called Social Media in 2008, sold that company, uh, built Fab.com together, and uh, then a couple other businesses after that. And so, uh, so we've been at this for a while. Um, uh, we have a team in Hong Kong and a team in New York City as well. Uh, and um, look, our origin story is, you know, I'd say it's, you know, it's somewhat different than the rest of the industry. Uh, you know, so we came at this from a mainstream consumer, mainstream application standpoint. Uh, we looked out at blockchain and cryptocurrency in 2016. We were working on a consumer app. Uh, it was called Peepo. Um, it was a messenger for uh, helping people you know, with group chats and channels based on common interests. We were connecting influencers uh, with people based on certain topics such as food, travel, uh, you know, hobbies, activities. And we saw an interest and need to create kind of a currency within the app uh, that would enable p these influencers to earn money by uh, through micropayments, by you know, whether it's you know, providing reviews, tips, likes, selling itineraries, all sorts of things that were bubbling up. And we spent uh, a lot of time in 2016 designing what a user experience could be. Um, so we're, you know, I, my background is I'm a product manager, UX guy. Um, really, we, we were looking at how do we build a user experience around a token economy uh, embedded into a mainstream app. So we weren't looking at building a DAP at the time. We were looking at taking an existing app with you know, hundreds of thousands of MAUs and saying, how do we build a currency into it and grow it to millions of MAUs and kind of and go from there. And I worked with a guy named Ben Bolin, who I'd known in Berlin here for a while. Ben was one of the early developers on Hyperledger. He was one of the early team of Monax, um, was at MadeSafe before that. Um, he was actually the lead developer of Hyperledger Borough. And we were batting around the ideas of how to you know, do this, right? How to tokenize and have like people. Um, and we came, basically came up with the idea of Simple Token, which was the idea was well, we realized we would have to build so much technology in order to both at the, you know, the protocol layer, APIs, SDKs, and you know, application layer, and especially around the user experience of blockchain, that we would need to build so much in order to tokenize one app that we kind of took a step back and said, whoa, whoa, there's a much bigger business here and a great opportunity that we saw was being unmet and unserved to basically build that layer uh, for, you know, for all the apps. Um, and so we immediately just you know, pivoted the business right then. And our entire team uh, of you know, back-end developers, front-end developers, iOS, Android, uh, you know, blockchain developers to join the team as well. We all pivoted immediately towards building at the time Simple Token, which we then uh, renamed the company OST, uh, which stands for Open Simple Token. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the genesis story, and I can tell you that um, I say like you know the rest of the industry went left and we went right, and hopefully right means correct. And what I mean by that is. The rest of the industry really went and kind of said DAPs, 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 and started building kind of Web3 and try to you know, build kind of the, the applications of the future. And we took a different lens to this. Our approach was we looked and said, you know, DAPs will have an interesting role to play maybe five, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what a lot of people forget is that you know, the hardest part about building product is distribution. And you, know, you can have the best app in the world, and if you don't have users, no one's going to care. And we looked at this blockchain stuff and said, there's really powerful technology here. 
and we, we said that we think this technology can be harnessed first uh, within existing mainstream apps. And so we build our technology. We've always said our focus is apps with, that already have millions of users. How do we enable them to seamlessly integrate blockchain technology into their apps such that users, end users, don't even know that they're touching blockchain? blockchain. Mm -hmm. That from an end user perspective, it's just as easy as you know, liking a photo or using a filter or you know, posting a status update or sending a tweet that is just the same as paying on PayPal that people could you know, you know, use crypto. Um, and you know, I'm actually really proud of our team, you know, a couple years of development. Uh, just you know, about 10 days ago, we launched OST Platform, uh, which is, a, it is the most complete uh, set of tools, uh, APIs, SDKs, uh, SaaS dashboards that enable any company, any person, any developer uh, to launch their own brand token so it could be Mazari token, it could be JSON token, whatever it is, uh, on open scalable side chains uh, without writing a single line of blockchain code. Um, so they basically can just use our dashboards and APIs and plug it into any existing uh, iOS or Android app. Um, and uh, it's really thrilling. And so we have right now, you know, we've opened up within the OST platform, we have a sandbox and a production environment. Uh, sandbox is on testnet, production is on mainnet. Uh, we uh, did alpha tests all last year um, with you know over a thousand developers on testnet, and now the, the platform is officially live. It's generally available, and so um, anyone can use it. Uh, and we have a couple hundred developers right now who are building their integrations. And whenever they're ready, they flip the switch and they can move to production and launch on mainnet. And so right now on testnet, um, with the basically the launch version, uh, we went live with about ten days ago, and we already know that. Uh, so we have many partners. We can talk more about this and answer your questions, but. We have many partners that are you know, larger companies that we're working with, and one of them, the first one to go live is about two to three weeks away, um, is an app called Hornet, which is uh, an app for the gay and lesbian community. They have about 30 million MAUs, um, and they're integrating LGBT token powered by OST technology into their app, uh, and their first beta tests are gonna launch. So the beta test, they have about 50,000 of their power super users, and they're launching their first uh, live tests on mainnet uh, with OST technology in the next couple of weeks. And, and so um, this is uh, really enabling brands to create their own loyalty tokens building on blockchain that begs the question, why does this need to be decentralized, right? So yeah. um, my understanding at a high level is that uh, the long end game is to create a liquid marketplace where, where you can swap brand tokens, you know, uh, your LGBT coin for a Starbucks coin uh, if you're at Starbucks and, and basically the earnings that you make by being a power user of, of one application can ultimately translate into economic value and, and maybe another. Yeah. Is that the right exactly. way to think about this? Exactly. So we look at the kind of like, you know, loyalty 1.0, whenever people think, you know, people, when they think about these new, new concepts, they kind of always have kind of one foot in the old, one foot in the new. Mm -hmm. And you think about like, like loyalty, people always say loyalty points, right? And yep. so people think about like airline points, you know, hotel points where, yeah, basically, it's it's a rigged game. The house always wins, right? So mm -hmm. the airline gives you the points. It's you know black box database. Uh, they control how much you know you, you how much you, things cost when you are you know, to spend the points. They can expire your points whenever they want to. Um, it's not at all consumer friendly, not user friendly, not customer centric. There's no interoperability between kind of these various point systems. Um, and so we look at kind of you know how do you create the future of brand loyalty? Well, it's not about points. It's about interoperable you know, brand currency where uh, companies look and say, you know, why do people associate with our brand? Why do they transact with us? And how do we merge these two things, payments and rewards into one thing that represents 
Hence what our company is all about, what our brand's all about. Um, and then create, as you said, this kind of fluid interoperable network. That's a really powerful concept. And you know, what's great about uh, where we got to on this is you know, we spent the last 18 months talking to literally you know, thousands, thousands of people, uh, hundreds of you know, legitimate kind of significant brands. And we talked to them about blockchain. We talked to them about decentralization, tokenization. And they don't care about that stuff. What they care about is the future brand loyalty. And they told us that. They basically said, look, what you're getting at is it's not about the token or it's not about the decentralization. It's not about you know, private keys. That stuff's the ingredients. What it's about is how do we build better direct-to-customer relationships? How do we build, you know, the, the internet has disintermediated middlemen when it comes to content. You can find anything yourself. When it comes to shopping, you can you know, connect directly with brands. Well, what about payments? What about loyalty? How do you take that you know, disintermediation? And so that's this kind of like holy grail that we're working towards of you know, the future brand loyalty is like you know, today you pay with Visa and you get reward points. Well, what about tomorrow? The payment and the reward is all part of the same thing. It's a connection you have to that brand. And it represents the social currency that that brand represents. It's a really powerful concept. And the visionaries in this space. I mean, we really, the early adopters that we have in the space, and unfortunately at a point where we're working with some really high profile brands with hundreds of millions, um, even almost a billion customers. And we can't mention my name yet until we launch some of their pilots. Um, but what they're planning to do here in terms of the future of brand loyalty is extraordinary. Um, and we're working with them both on how they pilot, how do they test. The first test will be with 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 users. How do we then expand from there? And at the same time, we're working on the interoperable network. And that's, that's the thing that everyone's really excited about. And it also hits on, uh, you know, a lot of kind of more traditional companies or like the, the companies that are going to be the, the last to follow. Um, they are, you know, really guard carefully their, their existing legacy systems, which are these, you know, black box systems that are kind of entirely proprietary. And the new companies, they look out at this world and say, well, we can blow all that up by being interoperable and kind of be the best customer centric value out there. And that's that's really exciting when you see customers, you know, kind of companies sticking out their necks like that. Um, there, there's obviously uh, a ton of vested interests in the part of the airlines or, or some of the incumbents. Um, yeah. Not to necessarily. They're gonna be the, this... they'll, they'll be the last guys to go for sure. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. Anyone and, who has like you know that kind of liability in their balance sheet, they'll be the last ones to put that on blockchain. Well, not only that, but you know they they make a nice spread uh, just from exactly. breakage or, or or lack of usage, and 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 you know, there's been I don't know about Europe, but there there's certainly been regulation in the U.S. that's tried to rein that in, but it's still a major you know profit center. Yeah. Um, where does where does the OST? Uh, token come in because I understand um, the protocol, right? Uh, it, it, it makes intuitive sense that you would want to create a liquid marketplace, centralized or decentralized, doesn't you know yeah. conceptually well, matter to, to your point to the customers, but um, but you, you certainly can appreciate that brands will have loyalty points or currencies that they want to be able to help their users yeah. uh, monetize. Um, the, the let me explain how the, the protocol works. Yeah. Let me, mm -hmm. yeah, let me show you. So the, the first thing we did, we built. Back in September of 2017, uh, we started work on the OpenST protocol, um, so the Open Civil Token Protocol. And the, the whole idea of the protocol was these brands are not going to want to do their own ICO. They're not going to want to have tradable tokens. They're not going to want you know, their tokens listed on Binance or anywhere else, no secondary markets for it. But they want the benefit of having an ERC-20 token in terms of this interoperability, the programmability of it being you know, smart contracts driven and the future of decentralization and the kind of power of that. 
without, you know, it's like they want the benefits of blockchain without all the icky stuff, right? And without all the re regulation and all the risk involved. So what the OpenSC protocol did is it basically enables you to stake cryptocurrency on Ethereum against minting a mirror image of that representation on the OSD sidechains. Uh, and that's basically what we call the brand token, right? So you take the OST token and you, you stake it on Ethereum as almost like the reserve against creating this brand token, let's say, you know, brand X token, right? Mm -hmm. And brand X that token then lives on sidechains. It can only be transferred amongst the, with the rules that are provided to by brand X. So they can dictate, well, you can, you know, whether they want to have only these types of user to user transactions only to their users, right? So only people are logged in with an account with them that are said they're whitelisted actors. Uh, it can have, you know, user to company transactions, company to user transactions. They can define all of this within their, you know, the, the APIs that we, we give them. Um, but all those transactions take place on the side chains. And what that does is it's just so much more scalable than Ethereum. And then we followed that with building a, a second protocol called, called Mosaic. Um, and Mosaic is all about how do you take thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of those transactions that are happening on the side chains and prove them all at once back on Ethereum. So we still use Ethereum as the final verdict of truth, um, but you don't have to have a transaction at a time and a transaction fee at a time back on Ethereum, right? So yeah, right now we're calculating you know, somewhere 300 to 900 TPS and uh, per side chain, and we're calculating somewhere around, uh, basically, you can do about 300,000 to 500,000 transactions per US dollar on the side chain, which obviously is order of magnitudes you know, cheaper than, than Ethereum. And then the idea is you also can do this asynchronously, so you don't need to have a live connection to Ethereum all the time. You can basically, um, so it's, it's not private chain, it's not, you know, but it's, and it is all on chain, but you can asynchronously kind of you know, prove the transactions on the sidechain back, back to Ethereum. So that if I, for instance, let's say you and I were both a member of Brand X economy, and they set up a rule that whenever I like your photo, I can transfer a token to you, uh, a Brand X token, that when I transfer a Brand X token to you, when you go to redeem it, Ethereum knows that you're the owner of it, right? So the fact that that transaction happened and you can, you you have the rights to that at that point, right? So that you don't need to worry, like, so the truth is there on, you know, on, on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So while we, so we build these two protocols and we're still working on them, obviously. So we, we launched OpenST back in September. We um, have kind of production version of OpenST, uh, version 0, 10, 0, that we launched two weeks ago. And Mosaic is, you know, in, in the beta trials right now. Um, and well, we, we, looked, we built that and then we said, well, mainstream companies are not going to want to interact with these protocols at all, though. All right. So that's, you know, there's lots of DAP developers who are doing so. And like in some ways, our company is sort of like a DAP because we work directly with the protocol. But we said we need to build this other layer on top of that that enables any mainstream business to use the protocol without ever writing any blockchain code. So you don't need to learn any solidity. You don't need to worry about the blockchain transactions. All you do is. You know, it's basically like Stripe for blockchain. You, you, know, you copy and paste a few lines of code, you can integrate into uh, your app, um, and within any iOS, Android app, take advantage of the security that's on the app already, use our uh, security and recovery model, which I can go through in a second, um, and have the benefit of deploying these tokens to your, to your users. And so that's been a lot of our work over the last 18 months is getting the SaaS dashboards ready that anyone can use at platform.ost.com. Uh, and the APIs that anyone can use. And there's UX guides, there's recipes uh, at dev.ost.com. And they're all out there for anyone to use and see so that brands can start to build and, and deploy their, their brand token economies. Um, we have, for instance, you know, I mentioned Hornets going live in two weeks. 
they've been working with us for you know the better part of you know nine months a year at this point. But in terms of the, the final production code, two to three weeks of integration time, um, which is pretty awesome to achieve that at this point. That's great. Um, uh, so I think uh, I'm not trying to be dense. I'm trying to uh, no, cool. trying try to understand where where I understand the protocol level. I think yeah. um, the the token itself. Uh, where where does value get captured? Is it is there sure. potential sure. fees that might accrue to the token holders based yeah. on secondary transfers? Is it a governance token? What what is yeah, the yeah. So, so, what is the so current reality and vision for how that's going to be? Sure, employed? sure. So current reality. You know, so the token was was minted after we launched the protocol back in 2017, um, and so when we launched the first version. Of the protocol enabled anyone to take the OST token and stake it on Ethereum mainnet against minting any brand token on the side chain, um, and then you then also you move OST tokens over to the side chain. So you transpose them. It's called OST to OST Prime to use to pay validators for gas on the side chains. Uh, and then this mosaic protocol that looks over the side chains and it kind of says, okay, everything that happened over here in the side chains, we're going to report it back to Ethereum. The mosaic validators have to stake OST token as well. So we mm -hmm. have three major utility uses of the token just kind of built into the, 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 the core level functioning of this system. Um, now, in addition to that, uh, we will enable companies, if they want to, to stake other ERC-20 tokens. Uh, so we built OST as the base token, and it will always be used for the validator fees and abuse you know, for the side chain as well as for Mosaic. But if a company wants to do, you know, stake stable coins or some hybrid, or, you know, some kind of uh, combination of, you know, stable coins and OSD token, they can do that. Uh, we're, we want this to be a you know, really customer centric and customer friendly in terms of achieving our customers kind of business goals. Um, and then in addition, we built, uh, so in addition to those kind of core functions of the token, um, we've then been looking at a few other things that uh, are kind of, I'd say, like, one is, so we charge transaction fees on using our software, the OSD platform. Um, and so, so you know, we are a for-profit software company. Uh, we're not just giving away the software and hoping the token appreciates, so that sort of thing. You know, so, so, you know, we, we, we're, we're, the way that we sell the software is we're charging very small transaction fees on any user-driven trans transaction. So if a brand gives their user tokens, for instance, um, we don't charge the brand when they give out the tokens, or if, uh, or if we, we only charge when the user spends the tokens. And we basically, so we collect a 0.2 to 0.3% transaction fee on every spend transaction uh, by an end user um, is what we'll collect, uh, which you know, compares to about 2.8% for Stripe. And so they have to pay 2.5% to the credit card companies. In our case, you know, it's, Rather than 2.8%, it's 0.2 to 0.3 because we don't have the Visa Mastercard involved. For us, it's just you know all we're doing is enabling these transactions to take place on a sidechain. What? How, how do you set the market price for a brand token? So it's, it's very simple. When you when you when you mint the brand token, you set the conversion rate between the brand token and what you're staking against it, right? So if you're staking the OST token, you you can the default is one to one, and then there's the, the if you want to stake stablecoin, you can put it one to one or half to one, and then you mint as many tokens as you need. Uh, and so, you know, a brand would go out and acquire whatever they need to stake, right? So, you, if you want to create ten thousand dollars worth of uh, brand X rewards, you would stake ten thousand dollars worth of either stablecoin or OST token, uh, and then you would mint your token from it. And you can set whatever conversion rate you want, though, right? So you can have it be one to a hundred and mint, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of tokens. 
Um, it's up to you, you know, what you want each token to be worth. And then with the APIs, you can then use our pricer, um, which enables you to, you can set prices in fiat rather than setting in token if you want. So you can say every time a user does this action, reward them with a penny, no matter what the token price is. You then also can set up various types of transaction types. So you can say, um, if, if I like a photo, it always does a penny. But if I transfer, you know, say a token, I can set a, the variable when I, right there on the spot to say what I want to transfer you. Um, so all that's done through the APIs. Makes sense. Um, so yeah. the, the, the roadmap uh, for the rest of the year, um, you're, you're still testing some of these core protocols out. Uh, you've got a few par partners lined up, it sounds like, that are, are, are going to be testing this. The LGBT token is the first major brand token, correct? Correct. And is that yes. live? Uh, it's going to go live in a couple weeks. Uh, okay. We're really close on it. Um, okay. And so it's, if it's not this month, it's early next month. It's, uh, it is on track with a very short time frame. A couple weeks we're talking about at this point. And so what, is the, um, what, and there, is the, what does yeah. the rest of the year look like then from, uh, from, yeah. from the roadmap standpoint? I mean, I would say you know, the, 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 first, the, the thrilling thing for us is two weeks ago, this entire operation transitioned from build to end market. Uh, and you know, we had launches before there were early alpha versions. But you know the platform is now generally available, and mm -hmm. you know it's so it's like you can deploy on this on this platform. Previous versions you could do certain things, but you couldn't fully deploy. This is now you know fully deployable. You can you know end user wallets, and we can go through kind of some of the the magic there rather than be done on the user experience in a minute. But but that's deployable, and so now that we're in market, our focus is get this product in the many hands of many people as possible and learn and iterate. Uh, and so you know we have LGBT token launching with Hornet in a couple of weeks. Uh, we have some other big projects that are going to be launching in Q2 as well, which I cannot name at this point. Um, there's a couple hundred developers who independently, just on their own, are building with the platform. Um, right now, if you want to use the platform, uh, we require you to register at platform.ost.com. I'm sorry, oh, at, yeah, platform.ost.com, and or just go to ost.com, and we have a whitelisting process. Our goal is on Monday next week is to remove the whitelisting and just enable anyone to just go right on OST and start playing around in the sandbox and you know, mint their tokens and then let us know when they want to move to production. Uh, we'll introduce a number of you know, features over the next uh, you know, six months as we're learning from clients. Uh, everything from you know, branded token to branded token swaps. So atomic swaps between branded tokens. So you earn you know, brand X token and you want to exchange it for brand Y and uh, enabling that to happen seamlessly. Uh, that's a big priority. It's something that a lot of the early companies we're talking to right now, the first thing we want to test is they want to test the user's value interoperability. Um, and that, that brings upon like, some really interesting things when we, the way we organize and like design the economies as well. Because you think about to make it meaningful to swap from one token to another, you need to have almost like, you know, the network density is really important. And you think, you know, well, most people live locally, right? And so we've been looking at certain countries and certain regions, for instance. I was in Singapore last week. I was in Seoul last week, uh, here in Berlin, where in, in London as well, where we have a, a you know, we're, we're talking about a good number of prospects with the purposeful so that, uh, and clients say purposeful because you want a user to, be able to through, so let's say, a, the journey of a week, you earn a token here. And then you spend it here, and you're another one here, and all those are kind of companies and brands that you use on a regular basis. Um, and that happens to be very local. So that's something that's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, and so, yeah, we have a full a roadmap on our website. We have a much more granular one that we're working on behind the scenes. Uh, but it's really right now, it's like, just, just get this product out there and get people you know, touching and giving us feedback. Well, 
Lot, uh, a lot's been done so far. Uh, congratulations on the first launch and, and good luck. Hope, uh, hope there's a, a smooth rollout. Um, Thank you. Thank we you. will we will be sure to reconnect uh, around some of the next milestones. But uh, in the meantime, how can people get involved? Look, I say you please go to you know dev.osc.com and look at the documentation. Go to osc.com and you know register to check to you know to use use the platform right there. Um, we have I definitely recommend people at devosc.com to uh, look at the wallet UX guide that we've created. Um, we've created uh, basically a, a UX model uh, and a security model that enables end users to, trans to, to hold and transact with brand tokens without requiring them to write down 12 words. Uh, uh, you know that you know they can just use their biometrics, whether it's fingerprint or or kind of face scan, in order to authorize sessions. We've created something called ephemeral keys, so you don't need to put in your private key all the time. You can have uh, a session-based key for a couple weeks at a time. Um, these are real UX innovations, uh, and uh, and then if you're a developer, check out our GitHub, please. I mean, it's uh, you know, I, we saw a report the other day that we were one of the top ten projects in the world over the last six months in terms of uh, GitHub releases, and we we put everything out there. The the wallet SDK is out there. Please touch it, use it, give us feedback. OpenST is out there. Mosaic as, is out there. Um, check it out. Give us feedback. Uh, connect with our team. Uh, and you know, look, we all want the same thing here, right? We all want to, uh, you know, create frictionless payments, create you know the, the future of brand loyalty. Uh, a lot of people are coming at you know tokenization and crypto from different directions, but ultimately we want you know this industry to succeed and to you know to, to provide more consumer value and more values to companies that you know kind of build applications in this space. And so you know, help us, help us, and we help you. The whole community needs to help each other. And the best way to help is to touch the product and give us feedback. Absolutely. Uh, well, best luck, like I said, uh, over the course of the next quarter. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, should be a good one. And, Thank you. And this will go up for our iTunes and Spotify subscribers next week. But if you are tuning in live, then uh, thanks for joining us. Until next All right, time. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Peace.